What do you think of Ferris Bueller and his new Honda CRV? Oh yeah, that that makes total sense. Why would he want that old Ferrari um, when he can have a Honda? This is Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. I'm Robert Bruce here with Brian Clark. This radio show is brought to you by Internet Marketing for Smart People, which, if you haven't heard yet, is our online marketing course that we deliver straight to your email inbox. The course contains 20 highly useful emails covering everything from content marketing to email marketing to the basics of good phone etiquette on podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the wife. If you want to jumpstart your online marketing efforts, if you want to skip a large part of your learning curve with all this stuff, if you want to learn how to use the online marketing strategies and tactics that actually work, get on the bus, sign up. Oh, and it's totally free. If you want in, it's easy. Head over to copyblogger.com, scroll down to the middle of our homepage where you'll see the headline, grab our free 20-part internet marketing course, drop your email address into the little box there, and we We'll take care of the rest for you. Brian, let me read you a little something as we get into the show today. And I quote, The use of blogging may have peaked as a primary social media tool in the U.S. business world. The new data shows adoption of blogging is declining for the first time since 2007 among the Inc. 500 companies. End quote. That's that's from Nora Barnes, a University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth researcher, from a new study looking at the online activities of Inc. 500 companies. In a nutshell, the study basically states that more and more of these larger companies are abandoning their own online real estate, their own websites and and or blogs, in favor of social networking sites like Facebook and Twitter. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think that that's a leap. Um, It's interesting. I read about the study yesterday, uh, well, which would be Tuesday, and... I didn't think much of it because I I learned about the study from a very well-balanced and analytical article that really dug into what was being said and and the reality of it. And then I was like, okay, no big deal. And then the next day, everyone's up in arms about it. Read WriteWeb basically just published those assertions, no analysis, no questioning. It's Kind of, I like read right web, so I was a little uh, dismayed, especially since they happen to also be a blog. But um, then, you know, then other people are blogging. Advocates are are firing back this and that. Some of it kind of really good and humorous. But here's the thing. First of all, and I'll see if I can find that article because I don't even remember where I read it at this point. The the Inc. 500 changes every year. It's not just the same 500 companies year to year, it changes actually much more than you might think. So that was the first thing that was pointed out that even you're not comparing apples to apples because it's not the same company. So you can't really say, uh, you can only say that of these companies, less are doing corporate blogging, not that others have abandoned it. Okay, that's important. Uh, The second thing is that the study even points out that certain companies just aren't going to blog, like government service companies and construction companies. That would be ridiculous, right? Government service companies get government contracts. That's their business model. And again, the article pointed out that due to Obama's um, economic stimulus plan, the inclusion of more government service companies in the Inc. 500 was a natural result, right? So companies that don't need to blog 
are more prominent in the 500 this year. Okay, so if you look at it that way, I'm not sure the study really says anything at all about corporate blogging. Yeah, you're saying, number one, this is not a static. The Inc. 500 is not a static list. Uh, New companies are coming in all the time for various reasons. But number two, uh, this shouldn't you know, be a worry because as you say, a lot of these companies, there is not necessarily a need for, well, there is a need for content marketing, but they're not concerned about it. Well, not certain companies just don't have the need. I've got a buddy from high school who, uh, he manufactures these giant springs for heavy machinery. It's the most horribly boring business ever, but they get these huge government contracts and He's doing very well. He's not going to blog. He doesn't even understand what I do. But that's not the issue because there are lots of companies that can benefit from it. But you really bring up the important thing, which is the thing is it's not about corporate blogging. I mean, most corporate blogs are horrible because on one hand, they're corporate. (laughs) And on the the other hand, the idea of what the C-level people thought blogging was supposed to be uh, ended up in most cases being really bad, you know, like press releases and dry drivel about the company instead of being focused on prospective customers or, or whatever the business model is. So you're hearing a completely different story about content itself, okay? And 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 I'm talking about web content. So uh, and well, last time we addressed the blogging is dead thing, right? You know, I just said, look, okay, we'll call it content marketing. Is that better? Okay, good. Now, keep using WordPress and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Just you don't have to call it blogging. And I don't think a lot of people call it blogging anymore. And WordPress is, you know, a more functional full CMS. We build all our sites out of it whether there's a blog involved or not. But let's look at another report that was issued yesterday about uh, the concerns of CMOs, chief marketing officers when it comes to digital growth. Among many uh, interesting points, their number one thing they need in order to grow in the, in the online world is shareable content. Bingo. Okay. So, so far this year, I've been spending a ton of time talking to the agency and consulting folks, the people that are on the front lines with all the big brands and content marketing is all the rage. They get it now. And again, it's not, it's a whole mix of things, but it's primarily about content that is spread through social media. And then, of course, you get the longer-term benefits of search engine rankings. You know, I mean, Google's made that quite clear that the social signals are more important than ever. So the story you hear from this corporate blogging is dying report might actually be accurate because they're not talking about blogging, but they are talking about building content-focused websites. So it's just nomenclature, really. Copyblogger doesn't look like a blog to some people. Right. Yep. So really what's happening here are the, the big brands are building standalone content sites um, many times on WordPress because that's what the agency people will tell them to adopt. Um, and they are finally thinking and acting like media companies. I'm talking about th- companies you would never expect like Procter & Gamble, of course, we know they've always been into content. What about Clorox and Tide <laughs> and Coca-Cola who had – we profiled their big move into content marketing, but that's because it's what works and they don't think about slapping a blog onto their corporate site. Um, Although 
Clorox, for example, does have an entire section of blogs, not one blog, not a corporate blog, but consumer-focused content, right? And they are done as blogs, but it doesn't have to be. Procter & Gamble, doesn't, they don't even have really anything about them other than as a sponsor on their Man of the House site. It's a standalone content site that happens to be produced by Procter & Gamble. So that's what you're seeing. Yeah, Some companies are they're, they're building individual media assets, um, often many of them, 10, 20. Some companies, you'd be surprised, like in the travel space, have hundreds of niche sites that they own. We talked briefly about this a while ago, and, and it's one of my favorite stories. But just, just to give people some context, let's talk for just a second about Procter & Gamble. In the past, uh, you know, you could call it their content marketing of the past, and what they're doing a little bit in the future, or, or doing now and into the future. I mean, this is a company that has millions and millions of dollars that they could pour into advertising, uh, traditional oh, advertising of and they all still kinds do. of media. And they still do, they, correct. Yeah. But they're also, um, I, I'm kind of uh, torn here because I also, I really want to talk about Coca-Cola going all in as we were uh, discussing a few weeks back, uh, a great article. But Procter & Gamble, just the, the, the short version, if you will, what was the old uh, decision they made uh, decades ago? And then what does it look like now that they're doing today? Just to, to give people an idea of, of what this looks like in the real world. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it on the show before, but yeah, they invented the soap opera on radio as a way to reach depression era housewives. And they did it through serial drama, you know, uh, show up every week, find out what happens, cliffhangers, family drama, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously with the advent of television, they made that move. Um, by the 70s, soap operas were the most lucrative form of television on the planet. And two of the most popular shows were actually produced by Procter & Gamble. They had a separate division called Procter & Gamble Productions. Most of what happened from those early days that changed, and you didn't have companies producing their own content. Um, they just went with advertising. And during the golden age of advertising, people who spent the most money just literally crushed it. And Procter and Gamble did that too. But they were really, they were taking from both sides, right? Uh, they were going direct to their target audience with soap operas using uh, new mediums like uh, radio and television. And, of course, then they were brand advertising out the wazoo as well because they were masters at that game. But we're living in a different world now. Um, so now Procter & Gamble's out of soap operas, which were declining in popularity. Now they build niche content sites, in this case for men, not housewives, <laughs> house men, <laughs> house husbands, whatever you want to call it, um, which is an interesting adaption of, with the times, right? Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, so and those content, good- those content sites, those those niche sites are they look a lot like what we're doing, uh, not in content obviously, but in terms of the structure and in terms of how they're they're producing it and putting it out there. Oh sure, I mean mainstream media sites look you know are all social now, and and a lot of blogs, quote unquote, have transformed themselves into something bigger. Um, you know, if, if the business dictates it, I mean, everything from Mashable, which is an amazing story, you know, a blog started by a 23 year old, uh, now a major media company, you know, so things are evolving to where there's not really old media and new media. There's a big mess 
of media. And the cool thing is, is that I can build a site that builds a business just as much as Procter & Gamble can, just as much as Time Warner can. So we're all media now. If some of these companies don't want to go to the effort to create great content, what do you say to them? I don't care. I mean, you know, there's a, from what I'm hearing, there is enough exceptional momentum out there with content marketing that there's an entire industry that's being built around it and it's not going away. It's just not, you know, social media itself is just the internet and sooner or later we'll stop talking about it as a distinction, right? Yep. Um, but content is, is what works. So Lisa Barone wrote a responsive post to um, the Read Write Web article, and basically that was her angle. She's like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to blog. Who cares? Here's what you're missing out on if you don't. And she just ran through ten of the biggest benefits. You know, everything from again, people share content. Another report that just came out, you know, found the best way to use Twitter is sharing content. So. Basically, what that means is that the content creators get the most benefit, even though others are curators, right? The sharers. So it's basically her argument was fine, don't blog. I don't care. You know, but, and, and I agree with her in that there's enough people who get the content thing, whether you call it blogging or not, that it just doesn't matter. So there are companies who are Facebook only. Good for you. When Zuckerberg cashes out and they change the rules on you again, have fun. You know, I've got my site, and if anyone's going to screw that up, it'll be me, not Zuckerberg. Yeah, and this creates quite a hole for maybe smaller businesses to run through, right? Uh, to create great content, to reach those customers and reach those people through content marketing. No, I mean the people who do will will have outsized results. They will own the search results. They will have much bigger social networks because every time someone shares your content, it's being exposed to that entire person's network, and they may or may not already know you. If all you've got is a Facebook strategy, all you're doing is attracting the people you already do business with or already know you. So for some huge brands, maybe they think that's fine, um, but it's not a very good... What's amazing about content marketing with social media one of the points Sonia uh, made in, in her 10 content marketing goals post, I mean, it's constantly creating uh, awareness among people who might not know who you are. Now, obviously, with the small business, that can have an amazing impact, literally build the company like it did with Copyblogger. But the, the big companies are clearly getting in on it, you know. All right, you, you brought up this, uh, we're, we're running short on time here, but you brought up this uh, new Carnegie Mellon study, which highlights what we've been saying for years about exclusive use of these social networking sites. And the quote uh, you pulled out on Twitter was, the Twitter ecosystem values learning about new content. And this goes directly to the heart of one of the core uh, principles of uh, Copyblogger, which is don't be a digital sharecropper. Well, sure. Like I, I mentioned just a second ago, I mean, it's it, Twitter is the greatest content distribution network out there for, for people who create content. Everyone gets that. Um, Twitter didn't start out with that idea, but that's what it became because 
they kind of step back and let us use it the way we want to. What choice really do they have? It's interesting that Dick Costello, the CEO of Twitter, uh, came out and said that Twitter was not a media company because they don't create content, which is interesting because a lot of these user-generated content companies do present themselves as media companies. So I don't know. I mean, if you're a a content distribution platform, aren't you still a media company? Um, But he just kind of rephrased it as we're in the media business because, of course, they sell advertising. Interesting distinction. But yeah, so it's the content that people value on Twitter. It's the information. It's about finding out news. It's about finding out useful things about uh, their interests, their industry, whatever. So... That's why you produce content, because those people want to share it, they want to read it, and then you can establish that direct relationship with them. Yeah, a distribution system is nothing without something to distribute. Exactly. You've talked before about using content, the the reason to build an audience and using content in the context of building an audience. How does that apply to this stuff uh, we're talking about today? You know, again, going back to Sonia's post of this week that talked about the goals. I mean, everything from, you know, that lead generation aspect, establishing trust and rapport and, and stuff that used to be traditional advertising or copywriting, like overcoming objections, expressing benefits, all of that can be done in a so much more friendly and useful way over time with content. Um, but the one she um, focused on at uh, point nine, developing new business ideas, um, I'm going to be talking about this in detail because, again, that's how we built the company. We, we had an audience first, and then we listened to the audience. We watched. We didn't necessarily survey or ask, but we watched. And then we, time after time after time, figured out what people wanted and would actually pay for because it solved a problem. That is kind of my project for this year. You'll be hearing about it more. Is that cryptic enough? <laughs> I'm interested. Well, you kind of have an unfair yeah, right, position. Right. I got a little. I get a little inside <laughs> look before it makes before you make it public, right? Sure. So, what's a good takeaway for all of this for somebody who is looking at these articles and these studies? They're doing content marketing. They're blogging. They're putting content on their websites. What does it mean for them? It basically means that. that Content's the thing. It's what people want. They don't want advertising. They want content that solves a problem. This has got a lot of very smart people to finally see the light that they indeed do need to be digital marketing companies. In fact, a lot of the big brands are, they're really into that. You know, I mean, it's cool, right? Everyone wants to be their own version of Uncle Rupert Murdoch, I guess. You know, and, and then for the little guys, of course, we all enjoy building our businesses, obviously, but there comes uh, certain side benefits of having an audience, fans, people who look forward to hearing to you instead of turning up their nose when they see another one of your ads. So that's the deal. This is what works now in online marketing and marketing in general. So get in on it. It's actually kind of fun. You know, if, if you can't, if you're not a writer, not a content creator, figure out a way to partner, hire, bribe, whatever. You got you to gotta get a team together and, and act like a producer. All right. I got to get out of here to get some writing and editing of new content done, which will, of course, appear on copyblogger.com shortly. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. And Mr. Clark, as always, save Ferris. <laughs> oh, please do. Wow.